Hello and welcome to a presentation from the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation for Freedom, Family and Faith. This is Anne DeSantis, Executive Director, and this is our Good Parenting, a Pro-Life Perspective event. We are taping this in July of 2023 with a small group of people who are with us, along with our board president of the foundation, Mickey Kelly. Mickey, welcome to Good Parenting. Hi, Anne. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So at the beginning of this presentation, I would like to start out with just a meditation for all of you on really what this discussion is all about, because we say we say that it's called good parenting. Now, when we think about good parenting, right, that can be anywhere from conception all the way up until the end of our lives. Uh, but we're really going to focus on that pro-life perspective of what it means to be a good parent. And I'll just read you my meditation before we get started. So the St. Raymond Anadis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith was founded in 2015 by the Mercedarian Religious Order. And our mission is pastoral accompaniment for families in crisis through the spiritual works of mercy. And now we've opened this conference up to many people, even those who are non-Catholic, but we want to mention that we are a Catholic organization. And today we're going to discuss the elements of good parenting with a focus on what it truly means to be a parent who cares deeply for their child. In today's society, there's much focus on college and career with less focus on vocation, marriage, and family. This is not what God intends, as vocation is a calling given by God in one's life. College and career are secondary to the primary focus of our lives in terms of that calling. Young people today may be confused with such emphasis on the external aspects of college and career uh, with not very much preparation in terms of what it means to be prepared for parenthood someday and marriage. The purpose of this gathering is to present ideas, to ponder and present to young adults to make a conscious decision to prepare for vocation, marriage, and family. Before we begin this discussion, let us turn to God for his guidance as we unpack what is most important in our lives in this mission. So let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to share. We thank you for our good parenting event and for all those who are with us both virtually and those who will watch the video later. We ask you to guide us through your spirit to really understand what it means to be a good parent, but especially for young adults, we pray for them as they discern the importance of vocation, family, and marriage. We ask this all in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I do want to mention that we are going to talk about what are some elements of good parenting. Now, uh, <laughs> like a good teacher, I guess, hopefully I'm being a good teacher, but I am going to list those things for you now. And then we're going to really unpack and get into the meat of the discussion. So the elements that I have for what does it mean to be a good parent? I have eight, eight ideas here. Number one is an openness of life from the very beginning. That's number one. Number two is practicing the teachings of the church. Now I understand that some people who are on this call or listening may or may not be Catholic. Um, when we say the church, we are referring to the Catholic church because we are a Catholic nonprofit, but following those teachings of what Jesus is calling us to do as good pe people of good faith. Number three, loving and living the faith. 
Number four, attentiveness to one's children and family. Number five, raising children in the faith. Number six, practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. They are both the physical things that we can do to help others and then the spiritual things that we can do. And if you don't know what they are, you can simply you can simply do a Google search and find out what they what the list of all those things are. I know that if you go to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they do list the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Number number uh, seven is weekly attendance of mass and devoted prayer life. And number eight is love and friendship through life and family. Now, I know I kind of gave it all away at the beginning, but I wanted to at least cover what are those elements of good parenting before we kind of really jump into that discussion. But like I said, uh, I really would like to focus on uh, those people who are young adults and, and people who are educators, who have an influence on young people, who have an influence on our culture, because that's where the idea that there's such a focus on just college and education and career, but not so much on the other aspects of vocation. So without further ado, um, I would like to, dump, to jump in. And I would also like to um, talk to our board president, Mickey. Now, I want to mention that Mickey is a Knight of Columbus. He himself is a young adult. He is a single young adult. Um, but he is now. also very, very, for now, for now, <laughs> but he is also very heavily involved in the pro-life movement, which that's really what we're going to focus on to today, uh, on what he's learned from all of his work for more than, you know, several decades of praying in front of abortion facilities and being involved with the pro-life union of greater Philadelphia as a Knight of Columbus, and also as the board president of this foundation. Um, so it will be a, a discussion with him and we will open that up to everyone else. Um, so I would ask you, Mickey, um, on a personal level, when did you first start to think about college and career versus vocation, marriage and parenting? And do you think the secular culture fosters the importance of parenting, even to those who are not yet married? Why is it a key to foster discussions on vocation, marriage and parenting with younger adults? So I'm asking that to you because I know you have a lot of knowledge in that area. Yeah, you know what? I feel like with this uh, culture today, it has really the dynamics have changed quite a bit from our parents, you know, time that they were living, that they they married young, you know, they went to high school and college wasn't really a thing at the time. Maybe like if they were like careers, like say, I would say maybe teaching or business or nursing, you know, things like that. But now, like, you know, practically universities and colleges, like they're accepting everybody nowadays. And now if you look at some of the maybe 90 percent of the workforce, they do require not just a high school diploma, but they now are requiring like a bachelor's degree. And but then there's some that are like requiring now more. There's like a growing number requiring a master's degree, which I really think that's like you're trying to stretch the market like, you know, so thin that like you're you're wondering why you can't fill the, uh, you know, the the vacant, you know, employment positions. Uh, but to answer your question on a, on my personal level, um, I honestly thought. I was encouraged to consider it, even though I went to a high school that didn't really push college, like it more pushed the the workforce 
and that um and that that was like a really interesting i i did you know four years at a junior like community college of philadelphia and then i finished all my undergraduate at lasag university and i didn't really even think about going to grad school at all i just thought bachelor's degree i'm done you know let me just uh, get on with let me just get on with myself but i feel that like I feel like with a lot of people that are coming up now, they're like being pushed, like you know, college, 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 and they they have to understand there are other op other opportunities out there, like trades. They can go in the military for four years, and their college could be paid, you know, by the uh, by the government, you know, after they put in their four years, and they can get reimbursed and what have. You. And also, too, there's some that probably want to consider the officers route in the military, even though there's a there's a statistic coming out between sets, like. 17 to 24 year olds are not as healthy as they as like those 20 years ago which is very alarming and that's why a lot of recruiters are missing their quota but i would say that i feel like the secular culture that is being a, a very heavy influencer in in the way that people can go about their lives and i feel like too that even now like there's been some big names you know raising the alarm that to have more kids to populate the world as opposed to having pets like pope francis came out of the statement to have more children as opposed to pets likewise elon musk who bought twitter recently he also has been raising alarm about it as well because he even goes a little further saying well you know we need to try to keep the uh the population growing because you know everyone's getting older and we're also seeing that too with the with the uh, ever since the legalized abortion has happened, you know, for half a century in the United States, we're kind of seeing that as well. That that we're seeing, I, I would say, I, I would say the domino effect, so to speak, of what has happened with legalized abortion through Roe v. Wade. And the good news is, you know, that was struck down a year ago this past summer, and now the work has begun that we begin to build a post Roe society. It's not going to happen with a snap of the finger or overnight, but it's it, like we have to stay with it like in other words we really had to double our efforts you know to build a culture of life from womb to tomb i think one of the keys i think it is key to discuss vocations particularly you know whether it's the priesthood the religious life because i don't think a lot of people are cut out for marriage i mean we're still going to need clergy we're still going to need religious we're also going to need people to consider trades you know carpentry plumbing architect you know things like that I mean, I come from a family that are carpenters and what have you. I also would say, you know, we're still going to need people that they, and let's face it. I don't think, and let's face it, college is not for everybody. I hate to break it to you. And, <laughs> you know, if you're also looking at what is happening in colleges today, and some of us have been, have seen this firsthand or even know people have seen, especially on the secular campuses where they're trying to say, oh, everything you, every like if you came from a Catholic high school and you, the, the, and the university says, oh, you know what? Check it at the door. And they, you know, they they brainwash you, they indoctrinate you. And you wonder why we're in we're in such a mess, not just economically, socially, but also morally. And I think now is the time that we have to tell people that college is not for you. You can just go right in the workforce. And let's face it, we do need trace people. And last I checked too, the a lot of the first responders they can take in right at, right out of high school so something some things you could consider right there yeah words of wisdom 
Uh, I didn't know, and I'm I'm asking our audience here, people who are on the call with us, if you had any comments, you know, because I really do think if you look at our culture, that we do see that there's such an emphasis, even when you look at something like social media or talk to friends, when people get to maybe be about 16, 17, 18 years old, there's such a push for what's going to happen with their lives in terms of college. And there's nothing wrong with that, let's face it. I mean, most of us who are on this call, we probably did go to college, so did I, right? But the, the idea is that we're not hearing those conversations as much about the other parts of our lives, the vocational part, whether, like Mickey said, whether it is a vocation to something to do with religious life or priesthood, or is it marriage, right? And we should be having those conversations. I didn't know if anyone who's on this call would like to make a comment on that. Hi, Anne. Hi, Mickey. Um, Hi, my name is Angaboria. Hi, thanks for hosting this. Um, also, Hi, Mickey. Good to see you again. I am also involved in the pro-life movement and have been encouraged by all the work that you do at St. Raymond here, as well as the other organizations in our Philadelphia community. But I'm really intrigued by this discussion because it's something I've really become aware of in the last year or so. I myself am a 2021 Penn State graduate, and I studied engineering and now work full-time. And I remember being a little girl, and I never really dreamed, per se, about having a career and being a CEO. I mean, I knew I was smart. I knew I really enjoyed school and learning and, and intellectual challenges, but I, I would always dream about being a mother and being a wife and having a home. And I remember in second grade, even being asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I drew pictures of being a waitress, a mom, and a teacher. And it kind of made me chuckle that here I am as an engineer now. But even just reflecting on that story, being in second grade and being asked that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think it's really instilled early on that career is the primary vocation of our lives, at least from the viewpoint of society. But I really think, as you just pointed out, that vocational, our spiritual vocation of marriage, life, consecrated, single religious priesthood really should be the, the primary and foremost way to grow in virtue. Because your career most certainly can help you grow in virtue, and especially depending on if maybe you're married or a consecrated single as opposed to the other two or three. But I think to have the discussions about should you, how do you want to grow in virtue? How do you feel called to grow in virtue? Um, takes more precedence. And I think now it's less, certainly from society's viewpoint, it's less of a an emphasis on marriage even, if we're isolating marriage to this discussion in parenthood, because most people don't value the sacrament of marriage. Most people really think that just being in this perpetual slash non-defined relationship with a partner, vague partner, is acceptable and therefore allows you to put your quote-unquote life decisions on hold and can therefore focus on your career. So I think, I don't know what came upstream and what came downstream, but certainly the downstream effects are that we prioritize career more. We don't talk about marriage and marriage just isn't seen as important because people do the things that you do in marriage without having the marital uh, vow to bind that together. So I, I definitely think it's important that marriage be prioritized and that parenthood also be prioritized as I'm sure we'll probably bring up later in the seminar. But those are some thoughts I had. Yes, 
very well said thank you for bringing that up because these are observations right we have these observations that we're all seeing and the reason we wanted to start this discussion mickey and i and some other people in the pro-life community as well is we need to bring it to the forefront because when we talk about it and we contemplate it and we discuss it uh, it helps it to become more visible not only to ourselves but to other people right um did anyone else have anything to share on that note um just really briefly um i uh i have two boys they're 10 and 13 and um um i think one of the things that i've learned in the last couple of years is that the church has really beautiful teaching on marriage and i didn't and i did like we went to the pre-cana weekend and we really didn't get any of that like i i really felt like oh all the prayer stuff is for um priests and like i i really feel like i wish i had done a lot more preparation um like of what it really means to be married in the church and like you know the beautiful teaching of the church on marriage so that's something that um i'm learning now but i feel like i wish i had you know the my husband and i had had that you know going in it would have been good yeah thank you for your comment bridget um and i think probably some other people feel the same way um as you do especially people who are moms and you know they've lived a certain amount of years and real looking when we look back you know we look back and we think oh i could have done better i think all of us feel that way um that's why i'm really glad that we have this discussion because that's when we can kind of open up some doors and and really learn not only about ourselves but what is how is God calling not only us but everybody else too right it's an invitation that he's making to everyone and the sad part is that we need to pray about is for younger people to hear that invitation right see and hear that invitation um I would like to kind of turn the conversation a little bit also on pro-life because you know we see as Mickey alluded to um with abortion and and some of the effects of it that have happened over many many years um is that um it, it does it clouds the mind right and so and it does affect society now we're we're hoping uh as things progress on with some of the events that have happened in the last year that you know more people will become aware of the importance of life from conception right right from conception and I think if when I look at the list that I made of good parenting the first one on my list that we have is openness to life from the beginning and I want to turn it over to Mickey and even to anyone else who's been involved in the pro-life movement over the years is uh Mickey I, I'm addressing this to you but really to anyone who wants to share what is it like for you to come face to face on a weekly basis with those contemplating abortion many of these women are unmarried and what do organizations such as the pro-life union which of course i'm a member organization with the saint raymond and Honest foundation of the pro-life union what do they and others do to promote that culture of life for those who are contemplating abortion what resources help young women to find the help that they need once they decide to keep a baby keep their baby how do you think the culture can promote values such as the importance of motherhood and fatherhood to those who have made poor choices in the past. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is that um, this invitation for vocation, for motherhood, for fatherhood, is not just for 
those who have lived perfect lives, right? When, when we pray in front of, of an abortion facility or when when any of us pray for a culture of life, we're praying for those people who are affected by it, right? They're affected by this pro-death culture. So I didn't know if Mickey or anyone wanted to share because uh, some of you and even myself have been involved in praying in front of those facilities. And we can talk about uh, how, what you have seen yourself and maybe even some of those good stories that you've seen where people do take that invitation to say, you know, even if I've made a poor choice, maybe that baby was saved. And maybe now I want to really adopt that motherhood in my heart and be a good mother, a good father. And for 14 years, I prayed outside of abortion facilities. Um, and they have been uh, the Planned Parenthood facilities in Philly. But for the last 12, I've been outside of the Philadelphia Women's Center, which those of us who have took part in the Philly March for Life, you know, the past couple years would be will make a stop there in route to Independence Hall. And if there's one thing that I have noticed in my years praying outside those facilities, I realized that you are in the midst of a spiritual battle. And that's the quote Mark Hack, who was a subject of a federal court case in which he was acquitted. But of course, you know, the, the uh, kangaroo court under the current administration, you know, wanted to make, a, make him a poster boy of, what, of this radical agenda they're trying to do in order to silence us, which guess what? We're only going to get a little louder. I think if there's one thing I have noticed is that I have seen women that have been very arrogant when we try to offer support for them, let alone the fact their boyfriend or their mister or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't know what the uh, culture wants to label it these days. But the point I'm making is I have seen women that are closed minded when we try to offer them the help that they need at their hour at their hour in their hour of dire need. I have seen women that feel like they are coerced by a parent, a grandparent. And there has been rumors lately that there has been some pimps coming to these facilities, escorting women inside. And it won't surprise me at all that there's, you know, some like sex trafficking, child trafficking happening in these facilities. And it will be no surprise at all. But, you know, the truth will come to light as, it, as scripture reminds us. But I have, it's not, and I also see too that it's not just the clients going in that are tripping us up and being very hostile towards us, but we're also seeing too, and recently, and I think Mega could attest to this as well, that there has been some of these pro boards, and it's happening at some parts of the country too, where pro boards will come and counter the peaceful prayer, vi prayer, prayer visual participants. And they would say vile and disgusting, you know, things to mock our prayers, mock our sidewalk efforts. But we are reminded that this is the cross that we are we agreed to bore, just as Jesus bore on his way to Calvary. In this spiritual battle, as we're reminded by St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, it's not flesh and blood, but it's, but it's principalities. And we have to do our part to stand our ground 
to double down our efforts to continue to help women in their hour of great need. As far as the pro-life union is concerned, there has been a myriad of ways where we get the message out. We went from pre-internet, you know, it's just like being outside, you know, you've had the poster boards, you had the flyers and everything out. But nowadays with, thankfully with the internet, nowadays it really opened the door for many ways to do it. And, you know, I mean, people would say, well, pro-lifers are probably a bunch of people that want to art, that are like religious, you know, this, like, you know, this is, I'm just quoting CNN here, that we're like religious fanatic. But you know what? I meant pro-lifers that are not, not all pro-lifers are religious. Let me put it to you that way. Let's, let's get one thing straight. I know some that are not just Catholic, but you have the, the Protestant. You also got the Jews for life. You have the, um, those of the Islamic faith that are involved as well. And then you have those that are, you know, atheist, agnostic that are involved. They're doing great works, believe, believe me when I tell you. And then you're going to have those that, you know, in, in the long run, we're going to need their help, you know, whether we like it or not. Some of the resources that I have seen over the years is that there has been some pregnancy resource centers. And there's, as a matter of fact, there's one that, and then I know of, and Megan as well, that are right, there's one right across from Planned Parenthood downtown at 12th and Locust. And they have seen, there has been a surge in, in clientile because of us. And just recently, there were two moms that changed their mind on abortion just recently, and which is great news, by the way. And there'll be more moms that will follow, that will follow their lead as well. But if you, and there's been times where moms, talk about what it's like inside those facilities like they saw it as like some kind of a butcher shop they don't treat you fairly you know they just see you as like a dollar sign basically whereas a pregnancy resource center they begin forming these connections with these moms who change their mind on abortion and it's not just like oh the baby's born we're finished it's a lifelong connection and the fruits are planted, like, you know, from the first encounter, you know, for life. And that's something I think that, I mean, I think that's something the pro-life movement has an edge on compared to the, compared to Planned Parenthood. You know, Planned Parenthood just say, like, you know, take care and just, like, after the procedure. And they don't, you know, they don't give a fuss whatsoever. It's just, like, you know, cold shoulder, basically. If there's one thing I think our culture needs to do in order to promote these values is that parenthood is important and parenthood is essential, you know, for the well-being of children that grow up in a society where love will flourish. And that, and that you know, and the one thing is we do, parenthood is essential. It is the most is one of, I probably say one of the most paramount vocations we need in the not just in the church but society. And sadly, cult media, culture, whatever has downplayed it, you know, to put a spin on it to make it look like look stupid, you know, especially now with this whole woke ideology that's been, you know, surfaced out there. And let's face it, entertainment is not a good source on what parenting is. I'm going to tell you that right now. But if there is an example, you have to look at what your parents have done for you over the years. And that's the kind of parenting you want to foster in your domestic, in your home, which is the domestic church. Hmm. I have seen over the years too, 
private the pro-life union and other organizations that would come together and they would have these baby showers oftentimes you know for the mom that would change their mind on abortion in fact prior to the march the philly march for life just that happened just recently pro-lifers all across would gather up you know diapers baby clothing items whatever whatever it is and this coming fall catholic social services is going to have a huge baby shower for moms who changed their mind on abortion wow that you you said so much there uh and i just want to thank you for all the sharing that you just did and you ended it with talking about some of the great things that not only pro-life union but i mean there's a lot of other organizations and we can get into that too i know that our focus is good parenting but the reason we're bringing up this whole idea of pro-life because there's such a tie when we talk about young people when we talk about the messages that they're they're receiving like we said at the beginning of this of this event that there's and megan said it very well there's a lot of messages that had to do has to do more with uh career and college but we're not hearing as much about you know motherhood someday or fatherhood and those people who decide that they are contemplating abortion you know um we can pray for them and we can support them as organizations like the pro-life union do to say no to it right to say yeah you know what this gift of parenthood even though it's not coming at the perfect time of my life right it, it's it's a gift from god so i didn't know if we had any anyone else wanted to comment on some of the other things that mickey said or that i just said maybe not right at this exact moment in time but we can all see those ties that that are there and I wanted to kind of pose this to Mickey too as another question one of the questions that I wanted to ask is um is that when we when you think about your experiences that you have had where you I know that people like yourself people like Dr Monique Ribeiro who is always enlightening us when there's a what they call a save right a save is when someone says you know what I can't do this and they and they decide to turn away I wondered if we could open it up for that because there's some positive stories here too that we can share in terms of those younger people who were contemplating abortion who decided to say no I turn that over to Mickey. Oh, I think I he think might be on mute. There I, he is. Okay. Okay. Well, I think there's one say that I that's kind of clear as day is uh, a few years ago I was with my neighbor outside of uh, Philadelphia Women's Center, and her and I we were praying uh, the Flame of Love Rosary. If those of you who do not know uh, what it is, just feel free to run a, a Google search. It's very powerful. Um, basically, there's an extra sentence in the Hail Mary, and there have been times people prayed it, the, the Flame of Love Rosary, in front of the abortion facility, and there has been at least one save, you know, regardless of where you are outside the facility. And it's very hard, it's very, like, hard, heartwarming to see it. So anyway, uh, to make a long story short, the neighbor and I, we were praying, there was a girl that just came out of the facility, like, looking, like, super confused 
and like under her breath she just said like i can't do this like can't do it so we walked her and we just uh connected her with uh a pr the pregnancy um uh legacy of life and um i'm yet to um meet um you know meet you know meet the baby hopefully or maybe the, I, I don't know what happened but you know we had a turnaround that day i mean bottom line and i'm hoping to have uh more so yes excellent uh, thank you so let's uh turn the discussion back to what we were talking about at the beginning because the tie here is how to how can we all not just the foundation here myself or the you know the saint raymond anatis foundation educate people who are younger younger generation to say as megan said very well these messages that we're hearing i mean when i look at social media and especially when it's right around that time of like college decision time do you ever see that there's so much all over the place on instagram on facebook all over you know i'm going to westchester i'm going to this school i'm going to penn state wherever you're wherever you're headed and that's great it's wonderful but we don't seem to see quite as much of that contemplation or invitational or you know say if a woman or a young man says you know what these are all important things but i'm also interested in learning more about the direction of my life in terms of vocation right will i be getting married someday and if i am considering marriage you know the way that people date these days too there that could be a whole other discussion couldn't it i mean which i think sometimes can get you know not very intelligent or you know somewhat inappropriate the way it's done not very virtuous i guess um, I didn't know if we wanted to turn it over for a, a short discussion on that, because I just think that these are things and discussions that if if we can bring it out there a little bit more to our youth and young adults, then maybe it will be somewhat exciting for them to talk about how they someday would like to settle down with family, with marriage or becoming a priest or religious, whatever that is. Whoever would like to share. Yeah, and I had some thoughts on that because this really does have to come with the next generation. And I think we have we have a responsibility to communicate and to almost market these ideas in a way that's enticing because I think young people just really want to feel accepted. I think they want to do what's cool, what's trendy. And right now that's a lot of the transgender ideology is actually what's cool and trendy. And it's not cool to be quote unquote, normal or straight or what have you. So I think it needs to be, and I, I see influencers on social media of that are promoting good things, virtuous things, Catholic households. Um, it's also just my own personal algorithm. So I, obviously that's going to take a huge part in what's being viewed. But I think more of a push has to be made for valuing motherhood and fatherhood and it's ironic because these career motives aren't usually put in the best context it's like the end is the career the end is more money the end is that promotion or that job role and like i said virtue can be gained through your career and it can be a good thing but careerism being your primary focus or goal in life isn't usually the most virtuous or being that our existence is for the Lord and for growing in virtue, which primarily comes from our spiritual vocation. So I think there has to be more of an emphasis on why do we have careers? 
why do we have these different job opportunities? I think it's, it is to change the world. It is to bring goodness into the world, into society, but I, and it is to also grow in personal development and relationship with others, but it's also to provide for a family. And I think when you remove it or provide for your community or your church, right? If you're say a consecrated single and you're working, like that's also a very valid way to a very valid end to that road in your career. But if we're talking about marriage and family, I think having that provider mindset is more important when in light of talking about careers. And to that end too, I think we've also lost touch of the conversation of differences between male and female because the culture really wants to equalize both and they're equal in dignity, but not in who we are as people. Men and women are supposed to be very different and they are different for a good reason. So I think more of an emphasis has to be made on the beauty of and the uniqueness of motherhood and you know the more naturally like domestic roles that come with that. And I think emphasis has to be put on fatherhood and the beauty of that masculine image and that provider role and those can be done in the context of career but i just think the emphasis has to be placed elsewhere for that to happen Mm. very very well said thank you Um, i think it's worth it for us to really think about all those things that you said because it's true there are a lot of also good and virtuous people on instagram and facebook Um, And I've seen them too. And you're right. I think it has to do also with that algorithm because you can see that. And then at the same time, you can see maybe relatives or friends of ours who are posting, you know, other things too. Um, Now, I didn't know if anybody else had any comments on this discussion. I think, Bridget, did you have anything? Yeah, I'm sorry if this is a little off topic, but um, I just... um... I just wanted to first of all thank you for the ministry you do to people who are in crisis like i really think that people who are in crisis um that's like a a beautiful way that the church can show like its love and its goodness to the world um and in particular like i think a lot about um i'm very pro-life and i think a lot about the um how do we promote a pro-life culture and so one of the things that like god had put in my heart a lot of times is, and it was actually really nice last year, our church had a mass for women who had gone through miscarriages or stillbirths or who had lost babies to abortion, you know, and, and it was like, you actually got up in, in at the end of the mass, you got up to light a candle for your babies that you lost. And I thought it was really powerful because it, um, it took like, I think a thing that women often feel like they can't talk about a miscarriage, that they can't acknowledge that that baby was a life. And I, I feel like that giving women that opportunity to, to, or actually not even just, it was sometimes whole families going up to light a candle for their babies. Um, just giving them a chance to, um, acknowledge the life that was there and that they'll see in heaven. I, I just really, feel like it was a beautiful way to witness to life. And so I think sometimes ministering to women who've been in miscarriage or had have a miscarriage or a stillbirth, like that can be a way to really promote the dignity of life, um, the dignity of that child, their unborn child. So I just, um, that's all I really had to say. Oh no, that I, I absolutely love that. I think in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, we do that as well. I, you're, you're in another diocese, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm in Illinois. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought you're out, and I know you're out in the Midwest, but I wasn't exactly sure where. Um, but yes, our archdiocese has done that too. And I just think that is it is a beautiful way for us not only to honor that life, but really it promotes that culture of life, doesn't it? Really promotes it. Um, now, Mickey, I think might wanted to talk about um, a little bit about dating because this all kind of goes together about with young people too, doesn't it? And also Generation Life and the Culture Project, which are two nonprofit organizations that do a lot to educate there. So Mickey, I didn't know if you wanted to share. Yes, and um, I just think really briefly, and I think this will be something we can do um, on another time, but I think, and also just want to keep us on the uh, the beating track here, but there's a there are a couple of groups um that you just mentioned that go to they go to the um junior high high school uh college and adult groups and give presentations on the virtue of chastity which is let's face i think the the root of a, of all abortion has been the misuse of sex granted that is a gift from god that he's given to us unfortunately it has been misused because like there's been a lot of um use not love in our culture and we're and we have seen it the last half a century you know from the, the and this and unfortunately the seeds were planted like when you were growing up in the in the 60s and and heading into the the 70s even my parents kind of see that too and we really have to you know and of course let's face it too we just got through pride month and you know, people say like love is love and all that um, mumbo jumbo, but I think people seem to dismiss the fact that that God is love. Let's 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 get that straight. And I'm not going to give a God is love homily that you hear on like every every given Sunday, which I think the priests need to learn to shake up the homilies every so often. In fact, I like to hear more pro life homilies and pro marriage, even pro liberty homilies from the pulpit. You know, instead of like you know you know being scared like oh i'm probably gonna lose money in the sunday collection no excuse because i think also too like but even Fulton sheen reminds us that you know it's not going to be the clergy that's going to save the church it's going to be us and i think we're doing that right now when we have these discussions and we do need the priests to really start we need to start having the discussions more you know whether it's marriage you know you know all this the basic social issues in the church we need to have these discussions more you wonder why we had you know 64 million you know americans killed that's more than the casualty the overall casualties of world war ii you know since the roe v wade supreme court decision the point being is we need to talk about these things more and thankfully you know we had groups like the culture project and generation life both of them had court in the philly area that are going to the going to the schools you know and talking to these people and they do have quite a bit of an influence and following on the social media platform now i don't think everyone is going to have every organization or even person is going to have that following but you know what it's great that we can do those things you know harness social media to spread the message but every so often that we need to encounter people face to face I think face-to-face -face encounters go a heck of a long way, you know, meeting people where they are. I mean, and I honestly, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but like, you know, we're having this, we're on a Zoom, we're on a Zoom thing right now, but I think every so often we need to get 
we need to, you know, lace up our boots and hit the ground running, you know, to share the message. You know, some of the Protestants, you know, in the abolish abortion group or whatever the other groups are, you know, they had a right, you know, when they're out there with like a kind of like a kiosk, you know, handing out information. And every so often you have like these missionaries like, you know, paired up and like, you know, talk like look at the Mormons for crying out loud. You know, they're out in pairs, you know, discussing and what have you, even Jehovah Witnesses. What about the Catholics? I mean, thank God we have St. Paul Street Evangelization, another group right there. We need to talk about these things. We need to be out in the public square just as much as these people. And let's face it, there have been times Mormon missionaries and Protestants, like whether they're falling away or never or have misconceptions about the Catholic Church, they learn about it and they want to learn more. And eventually they become, you know, a Catholic, you know, within an, within an Easter or two after that initial encounter. Well, thank you for sharing such insight. And also, I do want to mention those organizations again, because it's always a good idea to learn about some of these organizations. And they were the Culture Project, Generation Life, the Pro-Life Union of Greater Philadelphia. I also want to thank Pennsylvania's for Human Life and Pete DeMaio for putting the invitation out to everyone there. And then, of course, there's us, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation. And Bridget said it so well that our mission is for families in crisis. And, you know, when people are going in the wrong direction in their lives, that's a crisis, isn't it? it contemplating abortion is a definite crisis. And also, all the relationship issues that people can have related to young people making decisions with their lives where it can bring about some kind of turmoil that can also be a crisis for them when they're not sure what direction to go in and they're not getting very good messages on the pro-life message that we're talking about today so um, i want to make an invitation also for the people who are watching this video later on to just remember that the saint raymond anatis foundation offers free pastoral services we offer prayer priestly consultations podcasts and videos and programs and events. The most important thing that we do is we offer free priestly consultations and spiritual direction. And all you need to do to make that appointment is just go to nonatis.org and you can speak to one of our mercenarian priests, either in person or on a call or on a an online call. But we just want to make sure that you know and you're aware that we're here for you and we are supporting people who are in crisis. And this is a topic that I don't think we've ever really delved into on a Zoom call like this. So this is great. Maybe we should have a part two, a good parenting part two. Um, one of the meditations that I wrote down is that we want to invite God into the picture of all life choices. And that's really what good parenting is all about. I want to make sure that I say that, that really the, the most important message of this good parenting event is that inviting God, choosing life no matter what, but at the same time, living out chastity as an important part of following the Lord. If poor choices are made, as we've discussed on this call, if poor choices are made, remember that the Catholic Church offers forgiveness through confession. Um, someone can make an appointment with a priest. And of course, we offer that it has to be in person, of course, but you can meet with one of our Mercedarian friars or with a priest in your area to go to confession. And as a parent, inviting God into all of your parenting choices. 
and keeping in mind that the life of your child is a gift. And that is really the one of the biggest messages that I wanted to give during this call is that the gift of that child is a, it, it, the life of that child is a gift. Um, let me just mention those eight points of good parenting. We can end the call today by a short discussion and then in prayer. So those points of good parenting are number one, openness to life from the beginning, no matter what. Number two is practicing teachings of the church. Number three is loving and living the faith. We have to live our faith, don't we? It can't just be something that we do because someone else told us that we should. We do it because we love and we live the faith. Number four is an attentiveness to one's children and family. That's part of good parenting, right? We can't just you know, as some people, even when uh, when we're at an abortion facility and we're praying, a lot of times the people might say, well, what about the baby? What are you going to do afterwards, right? What do you do to help the, the families after that child is born? So we're saying that part of good parenting is attentiveness to one's children and family. So that has to be, it's not just accepting the life of that child. It's being a good parent from conception until uh, obviously until natural death. Number five is raising children in the faith, teaching children the faith. That's so important. Number six is to practice the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And if you don't know what they are, please learn more. Number seven is weekly attendance of mass and devoted prayer life. Of course, you can always go to mass more than once a week, but uh, uh, we're required to go to mass once a week and having a devoted prayer life. And the last one is love and friendship with life, through life and family. Remember that love and friendship with others, what we're doing right now, I mean, we're fostering good friendship between us and with other people. So did anyone else have any comments before we end with a prayer on this presentation of good parenting, a pro-life perspective? Just want to say thank you for hosting and for the mission of St. Nanatis. Um, I think it's really important that these discussions be had and that more awareness be brought and that the emphasis be put on family, motherhood, fatherhood. Um, and we start changing that conversation and that priority as a society. Amen. Anyone else? Did our board president have any final words? I just want to thank everyone for uh, coming to the uh, joining the call and those of you who are listening, uh, please share about us and um, dove into some pro-life materials. And there's there's some books out there that can really help you improve your um, improve on pro-life apologetics, also improve on how to interact with people who are abortion minded that like the goal is not to win them over but it's like you want to plant the seeds sort of speak let them think you know maybe there's like something they haven't considered sort of you know they haven't considered about you know the issue and i think far too often that's something that we need to do i mean this is like you know this is like for us to like double our efforts you know brush up on apologetics attend uh pro-life vigils in your community uh volunteer at a pregnancy resource center that's always a good start um, listen to the plan podcast, Megan. I know you're really involved with that one. I gave you a shout out. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> reach out to, uh, listen to, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't want to steer away from the Philly Nanadas podcast. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, we do have episodes twice a month, one on the first Tuesday and the other one on the, on the last Thursday of the month. 
and also i mean also to like also like think about fundraising for pro-life organizations such as pregnancy resource center in your community and also you know help to speak and go to speak to college and high school students too uh pete the is on is up the, it's like really active on that one and you know even even get the missionaries for pro-life for generation life and the culture project to come and speak the, like you know invite speakers to your campus learn like learn about apologetics del delve deeper and most importantly you know you know if you're pro-life prove it get out there amen thank you so much mickey did anyone else have any final words no, I just am very grateful and I, I really appreciated your eight points and a particular attentiveness to your children. I think that is something with cell phones that is can be a struggle, uh -huh. right? The distraction with the phone. And um, so I appreciate all of your points and thank you. Oh, Bridget, thank you for your support of our foundation. Thank you for everyone who's on this call and those who are watching on video. Let us end with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity for us to share. And we pray for our youth and young adults and all families, all families who are in crisis and, and just for all of us to live in virtue and following you in all that we do each day. Let us pray to our Blessed Mother together as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. We'll see all of you next time here in the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith at nonatus.org. See you then.